The In Stuff podcast is brought to you by Scratch Band, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now, Scratch Band's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick and join the evolution. Scratch Band. More information at scratchband.life. Kristen, how are you doing? Great. I hope you keep that story in the podcast. What do you think the chances are? I think the chances are 50-50. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we'll see. It's a busy <laughs> week. We'll see if I get around to editing out. You have to edit out my sneeze first. <laughs> that was from the last episode. I was trying not to date what was happening. I am so excited today because we're talking about meetings. You're such a nerd. And so many people do not know how to have meetings. I don't think hardly anyone in Everybody knows life. how to have a meeting, whether or not they're successful. Okay. No. How many people know how to have a good meeting? In my entire life, I feel like I've had one meeting where I felt like the person who was running it knew what they were doing. Dang. We've been in more than one meeting. That means that I've been unsuccessful. Oh, uh, well, that's because I was running meetings. those meetings and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I'll just say in my entire life, I've had one meeting that I wasn't that I was invited to mm-hmm. that I wasn't in charge of that I really that really struck me as a very well run managed meeting mainly because it was a meeting that was ready to get out of control would you this call this a it mythical up. meeting it was a mythical meeting really yeah what happened what is this what well what was it about before we begin the episode I want to let you know that we have an agenda for today's episode oh gosh <laughs> Because every good meeting has an agenda. Does it though? So we're going to start off today's meeting about meetings by talking about having agendas for your meetings. Mm-hmm. Well, no, sorry. We're, we're going to start off by talking. <laughs> I don't really have an agenda. We're going to start off by talking about our terrible meeting experiences because that's super fun. Oh yeah. And then we're going to talk about what we have learned about having a great meeting mm-hmm. and what what's involved in that. So it's only a two-part agenda. And then, oh, and then we'll talk about things that blew us away, and then we'll talk about what the topic is for So we're going to complain, and then we're going to talk about the world we wish we lived in. I won't call it complain. We're going to regale people with our horrible meeting stories. Most people call that complaining. (laughs) (laughs) Put a little different spin on it. So let's start off with, I'll I'll tell you about this, this this meeting I remember when we're done talking about the bad things, but let's talk about the bad things. And so the first thing that I want to do is see if you will tell us the thing you do. Really? We have to start that at that place? Oh, it's so hilarious. <laughs> I just love it. There's, I come from a, a work history where I've had many meetings. And usually 
there are weekly scheduled meetings. And so there's been many instantiations of what meetings look like week to week for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And so I have feelings about meetings because of that, but I've been in good meetings and bad meetings and all of these sorts of things. And How I many have, meetings do would you say you have a week these days? I mean, or maybe it's not so bad right now. Yeah, um, it was bad. It was bad before COVID and during COVID. There were way too many meetings because everybody needed things. Oh, right. But they were much more successful meetings because people needed things, and so there was there were actually um, goals to meet. Mm -hmm. um, and so those I wouldn't really critique super hard. But there was a time where we had just lots. Oh, so many meetings. So the things that really bother me mm -hmm. about meetings are meetings where the purpose of the meeting is unclear. Right. So I'm just showing up because I got an invitation and I don't know what people are talking about. <laughs> like, why am I here? I find out in the meeting. Mm -hmm. And that gets to the second thing that I don't like. If you expect to have or accomplish something or have an outcome from a meeting, tell people ahead of time mm -hmm. so that they can come mentally prepared to be productive and potentially have some ideas that they're bringing with them or research, or things like that. Like don't spring the topic of the meeting on them when they get to the meeting. That's really frustrating. Right. Well, since I'm running this meeting, it's supposed to be memories of stuff. I'm trying to bring you back. Okay. Tell, memories tell of things. Tell us about your, your bad and... Will you tell us? I can't name names though. Like I'm, I, I, you definitely don't name names. I'm not naming any names. <laughs> but will you tell us the thing that you have done on occasion when you find yourself in a meeting that you determined is worthless? Oh, a hundred percent of the time, I will derail that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> like if oh. people come with the intent of wasting my time. <laughs> So how? That's what, tell, what I loved was, was, I don't know. I just love, I love that. I love when people sense something is going wrong and are just like, I'm going to mess with people. I love when people mess with people. And so when you told me that when you sense a meeting is just complete, like off the rails, going nowhere, spinning its wheels, and there's you, no hope you will for it in, at all. Exactly. You will intentionally ask questions and say things to get people to just continue to blab on about yeah. nonsense oh, and go down a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's clear that nothing is going to be accomplished in this meeting, I'm going to be entertained. <laughs> I mean, can you remember it all? Like what kind of questions you'll ask? I don't know. You just... It really depends on the meeting. Sometimes right. I'll interject nostalgia and try to get people to just <laughs> remember some things that were fun from the 90s. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so great. That's the thing that happens. Something that, I mean, it sounds like you're trying to find things that are as far away from what the supposed premise of the meeting was in the first place oh, yeah. as to be completely obviously unhelpful and unrelated to anything yes or i will interject a really cool thing that i've recently come across uh -huh. to distract everybody from what they should be doing to the really cool thing <laughs> which i feel like you've done to me but you you promised 
that you have never done this to in one of our meetings. Never. <laughs> never done that. But in you one bring of our up meetings. really cool things sometimes, but I guess they're kind <laughs> well, of related. This is the, like we that's the podcast. Right. No, but I mean in when we were meeting about classes and redesigning my courses. But your and classes stuff, are so interesting. They are really interesting and they are very <laughs> innovative and so it would be relevant to bring up cool new things. Right. But that is so funny. <laughs> oh my god. I mean it's entertaining and that's why it's oh, so hard to I resist sometimes. So wanna be in a meeting with you. <laughs> we could Probably plot not. this would be like yeah if we could plot to un to be in the same meeting and just see if we can completely derail it <laughs> let, let me be clear i don't want to be in a meeting that no has no purpose mm -hmm, right like, that's really not a place anybody but should sometimes want to be it's in. so clear that they don't have a purpose so mm, but where i work now everybody's good at meetings pretty much yeah like Nobody wants to be in a meeting for longer than they need to be. Mm -hmm. And people are good normally at sharing what they want to get out of the meeting. And I think that that's a great start for productive meetings. Mm -hmm. There are many other things that people could do, but I think that's great. If I know why I'm there and I'm not, and I haven't made the meeting, we're on a good, good footing to have a good meeting. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I've seen derail a lot of meetings and also is a major warning sign to me that the people who have organized this meeting have no idea what they're doing is when they start with introductions <laughs> and you've got like 20 people. I had a friend tell me <laughs> she was in a meeting and they, I think there were so many people. It took like an hour and a half just oh. to finish the introductions and everyone wanted to talk about their dogs. That's terrible. Well, and how many times were they meeting? Was this a conference? This was the original starting meeting. And I don't remember if this was a monthly meeting. Uh, the first of a bunch of monthly meetings. I can't. I think it was something like that. And so, and then I, I was in a meeting this fall too, where it's like, let's start off with introductions. And again, they get way off. People in their introduction will start talking about talking about the general topic of the meeting because they want to like vent about it. Oh, yeah. And so they're like, well, and on this topic, like blah, 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 blah. And then it starts, we start discussing it. And, and people this is start what's jumping wrong in, with the thing. And you don't get through the rest of the the, the introductions <laughs> because the person totally like yep. turned their introduction into a rant about the current subject. And at that meeting, I was like, um, I'm just going to pop. And this was over Zoom. I'm just going to pop in here real quick and say like, it was... I don't. I don't want us to overrun the agenda for this meeting. And then the person organized was like, "Oh, there's no agenda." No. I was like, "Oh, that's not what." You're that supposed is not to say. what you're supposed to say. <laughs> you may not have had an, you know, whether or not you had an agenda. You always pretend there's an agenda. <laughs> and even, you don't even need to have an agenda if you're good at facilitating a meeting. Yeah. Communicate the desired outcomes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. Or just recognize like when things are are going off the rails so that i was like when when the person said we don't have an agenda i was like oh this is a pointless meeting it, it was a pointless meeting nothing got figured out from it and we were supposed to have regular meetings and we haven't had another one. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible i'm so sorry so it's just done <laughs> we never it was a giant waste of time <laughs> And people who were supposed to be there or, or should have been there weren't there. It had no clear goal. Um, and this is, this is you know, like 
a higher level meeting. It oh, wasn't no. like just a bunch of random people, you That's know. Not... These were, in, you know, I, I don't know. Key stakeholders? <laughs> These were key people okay. who had plenty of things to do with their time who were just wasted an hour in that meeting. Um, anyhow. That actually brings up a good point because you yeah. mentioned a, a time frame. Yeah. There is a law called Parkinson's Law. Uh-huh. And essentially what it is, it concerns is work, and that work expands to fill the time allotted for that work. Yeah. So if you plan for a meeting to go for an hour, it can. It will take an hour. It'll yep. take an hour. It might mm-hmm. take more than an hour. Um, but you yep. could also plan for a 15-minute meeting, and the work might get done faster. Right. Which but I again, cool. we're talking about memories we're gonna get it get into parkinson's in a minute okay. tell me about your terrible that, see i'm this starting is to trauma see you're asking me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other horrible meeting memories that you want to talk about uh, i again i still just want to talk in broad strokes um i'll complain about one other thing that i find really challenging with meetings and it's the day of meeting oh yeah so if mm-hmm. i I'm at work already, and I've planned my whole day ahead of me. It's uh, meetings I've already scheduled or on the calendar, mm-hmm. and my work day is already planned. I already know what I want to accomplish, and I'm in it. And mm-hmm. then somebody sends me an invitation for another meeting that day. I have a hard time feeling friendly about that meeting because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it hasn't set me up for success. No, it's really, really rude. Yes. Unless there is a serious, legitimate disaster, which a happens disaster. sometimes. Somebody's being born. Somebody might die. Those we, are the only two reasons. We had a, you know, a, years ago, we had a faculty member die like the second or third day of class. Oh, that's terrible. And I could see there needing to be, it wasn't anyone I knew. It was someone who had been teaching distance classes. So just to give you a little context. But yeah. it was like, I can see there like needing to be a meeting because now we have to figure this out. That's right a now. good reason to have a meeting. That's a legitimate of. emergency. But oh, when people, oh, we, could, we could totally derail this just with scheduling. <laughs> I don't know how far we want to go down the rabbit hole. But when people, my favorite thing is when people email a list of eight to 10 people and say, when can you meet next oh, week? Geez. Google has solved <laughs> so many things to just avoid that and entire. Everyone replies all. Ugh. And I'm just like, this is the dumbest way to schedule something. Or <laughs> Wait, how would you prefer? The, the a preferred way is, which is not still a wonderful way, but the preferred way is a, is a doodle poll. You would, you would rather do a doodle poll. I would rather everyone get on Google and automatically schedule a meeting. That's what I like. But since that doesn't work for everybody, because in academia, we're all like, technology? What? Nah. Um, but since that so doesn't... I work where I do. Since that doesn't work, <laughs> um, a doodle poll to me is is the lesser evil than the... The worst is... Uh, we want to schedule a meeting sometime next week when works for you to like 12 people who all reply all. The second worst is we want to schedule a meeting for Tuesday at one who all can make it. Mm-hmm. That's terrible too. Um, just put it in a doodle poll. Why do I need to see a hundred emails from everybody in my freaking inbox? <laughs> um, and, and then also the semi last minute ones like, 
especially when they're not urgent, when it's just like a catch-up meeting or something, schedule it monthly. And if there's nothing to talk about, delete the meeting. But why are we constantly doing this last minute? It's Friday. Can you all meet on Tuesday? Like, ugh. Wait, it's Friday. Can you meet on Tuesday? Doesn't seem hard. Well, um, it's unnecessary. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Why they're why writing the email instead of looking at a calendar to schedule? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just it's why Tuesday? Why not the week after? You know, like I my. People tend to schedule about a week ahead. I like when so people do that. On Friday, like I already have my next week pretty well scheduled. So if you want to schedule something, go into the next week. But you know what? That brings up a really good point. If you have a big meeting you want a lot of people to come to, give them more than a week. <laughs> Seriously. There is something that came up very recently, and it's like a, a program that involves training and people to be in multiple meetings and they need to complete tasks and they're like hey it's a week and a half out come to this big long elaborate program that we've planned out I'm like mm -hmm. no i can't i've planned out my next two weeks already right <laughs> it's very sorry all right well those are the horror stories could could be more, but we don't want to get too specific. The specifics are hard. I mean, I feel yeah. like I've let you down, but no. <laughs> there's very good All reasons. All I wanted was for you to admit on tape that when you sense a meeting is going off the rails and... And it doesn't really matter. Oh, we're all going off the rails. <laughs> yeah. You will encourage it to go off the rails. <laughs> Agent of chaos. I want to do so bad, but... A lot of my meetings have no clear end time or I hope they can end earlier than necessary. So I think also it's really challenging when you have a meeting scheduled and there's 20 people in that meeting. Mm -hmm. And this used to happen like in-person meetings. So not so much anymore because everybody's on Zoom. It's hard to get things done with 20 people in the room. Mm -hmm. I think you really need to choose judiciously who is relevant to the meeting mm -hmm. and the accomplishment of a particular goal otherwise it's going to take forever yep i hate meetings so much i i get out of as many of them as i possibly can and i have very few meetings yeah um I'll, i mean i'll have a whole week not a single group meeting i might have a phone call scheduled with somebody i almost always have a phone call to get somebody up to speed or something like that but i i run as far away from meetings as i can get because the vast majority seem to be either really poorly run or very inefficient. They might have some some good outcome from it, but not the hours worth of time that I put into it. I might get eight minutes worth of valuable material from it. Then and there are good reasons to have meetings. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There are some things that are way better done in meetings. So let's let's change now to a more positive angle. <laughs> And let's talk about what we've learned about having good meetings that might be helpful to other people. I would dare say have to be helpful to other people because, as I said, I have seen so many terribly run meetings that I feel like 98% of the world needs to learn how to run a better meeting. But that puts me in the top 2%, which is <laughs> normally I'm the top one. So anyway, um, what... <laughs> 
What have you learned about running good meetings, Kristen? Well, we've already said it, but having a clear and desire, being clear about the desired outcomes. Yeah. So be clear about that, but I'm going to add a couple of things to that. Um, so everybody's meeting to produce something with intent. Mm-hmm. But then before everybody leaves, I think it's also really helpful to identify other people that need to hear about the work that was just accomplished. So mm-hmm. communicating the outcomes back out to people and being clear about how to talk about the work that was accomplished mm-hmm. too. So when people leave the meeting and like their boss comes up to them and asks, oh, how was the meeting? They're not just like, oh, it's great. <laughs> and switching to that emotional response because they haven't already processed mm-hmm. what was done in the meeting and why and what's happening next. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about the people or talk about the things that have been accomplished with the people in the meeting so that they are starting to think about how they have accomplished something and what the next steps are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes me think about there are different purposes general purposes for meetings, and sometimes they'll be combined, but some meetings are just informative. You know, hey, we're starting this thing, or you're, I don't know, you're, like, uh, if you go, you get hired at a new new company, and you got to go to the meeting about health insurance or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just informative. This isn't a discussion. We're not trying to do anything creative. You Here's, might not even need a meeting in that case. And that's the thing, too. Don't have a meeting just because people won't read their email. <laughs> I know. If and you're the I'll... one talking, if you're talking and nobody else is talking, yeah. you probably don't need a meeting. That's exactly. <laughs> that's the problem. And so, yeah, if it's something complicated, like, you know, healthcare where you want to have a back and forth. But if it's just mm-hmm. like, so here's what we accomplished and 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 here's what you need to do. You need, you need to take this training and this training. Wow, my heating is really loud. Bless you. <coughs> oh, man. The sun came back out. <laughs> it's shining, it's in, shining my right in your eyes. <laughs> so I feel like some people have meetings just because they know the people won't read their email. Mm. And that is not generally a great idea for meeting, unless it's like safety related. Like, safety is important. Don't send me an email telling me like how to jump out of an airplane. I want to have a meeting about that. <laughs> But maybe a few, <laughs> maybe a few, but you know, don't send me an email just telling me like how many students we have this or have a meeting to tell me how many students we have this fall and who's teaching what courses and, and updates on those courses. Like that could all be sent out in an email that does not need to be a meeting. So there's that informative, which is the most boring and potentially least valuable of meetings. Then there's like, you know, the decision-making emails we or meetings we have to figure out how we're going to proceed that's a legitimate reason to have a meeting to me the best reason to have a meeting is if you're trying to problem solve or come up with like a creative idea or solution right so when i have meetings for my dark winter nights program i i will run by the, my team, like, here's what I'm thinking about doing the opening for the show or, or whatever. When it comes to creative stuff, a team can be so much more creative and interesting than one person. Mm-hmm. They always have interesting things to add that are way better than the stuff I could come up with. 
creative meetings, super important, wonderful way to use people's time like that. I 100% agree with that. But I think problem solving falls into that same bucket because that's mm-hmm. a creative act too. Yes, exactly. I think there are a number of teams that are not co-located and getting everybody on board. For instance, like at the beginning of the week, just to stand up and get a sense for what people are working on. You know, you might have a couple people that are in different states or in different countries. Just having people check in so there's a sense for what the team is working on so the team feels more cohesive. I think that can be productive too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and one thing I don't think... There might be some situations where this is okay, but in general, a meeting is not a therapy session. It's not a time to sit and go, these are all the terrible things that have been done to me, or this is how terrible this system has been this whole time. Complain, 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 complain. Do you see the article that I linked to in your notes right after that comment? Um, but sometimes they are. <laughs> the BBC oh, sent... has an article where really? they've linked to research where sometimes meetings are therapy for groups. Yeah. Because people need a place to air their grievances or feel heard Mm -hmm. which is legit but that just means you need to plan for those moments and not have them be accidental in a meeting that's unrelated because that's what derails the majority of meetings i'm in people are just fed up about something yep and so they go way off on that and we completely lose lose our our focus or they start making castles in the sky. Like, oh, what if we did this? And what if we did this? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I hate that. Like, no, we're getting too specific or we're, we're, we're creating a sandcastle here when we just need to, like, step back and look at our goals for this meeting right now. Um, so, yeah, okay, I'll have to check that out. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I could see that, certainly, but make that the goal of the meeting. Like, hey, we're going to talk about where we've been on this, you know. And, yeah, make it a therapy session. That's fine. But then know that that's all you're going to do. Right. You're not going to accomplish anything. You're going to get information from people. It sounds, it seems to me sort of like a, like those customer or, you know, um, like, a sensing session? Yeah. Like, oh, here's a cereal, a test group. Like, what did you think <laughs> of the cereal? Oh, I thought it was okay or whatever. You know, that's fine. Um, you can have those sort of um, opinion meetings too, but that's just, no, that's all that's going to happen. <laughs> Everyone's got uh, clearly plenty to gripe about. So that that is what was going on in that in that one meeting that really struck me about how well it was managed. It was years ago, probably again 20 years ago, which is a little terrifying. I was in a, a, a meeting basically with the president of the university that I was working at, small university, so it wasn't really a big deal, and a number of faculty. And basically there was a problem with a guest faculty who had promised all these things that he was gonna do and do, did a lot of work with prominent people to the university and just had not come up with the stuff. And it was a giant mess. And so the faculty were really upset with him. And the president was like, what the heck is going on? This is a problem. And then I was sort of, I was involved because I was working with this, with this guest faculty member in some documentary work. 
So we show up in the president's office and basically the faculty are like, this guy is terrible. And these are all the things that he's done. And they start complaining. And I'm trying to like summarize because I feel like I have the whole picture. Okay. So I'm like, hey, you know, like, look, this is what I understand of this whole thing. And the president was like, okay, stop, stop, stop. What do we need to do right now to resolve this? Mm-hmm. And he just reined in. He could see that this was just going to be a rant that was going to go nowhere and solve nothing. And his time was too precious for that. And we needed to cut to the chase and figure out what we're going to do. Good and to see him take over that meeting from these were my former professors. These are people I was, you know, had a lot of respect for and. And just watch him like shut these people down and get to the point was amazing. That's awesome. The guy overall, kind of a not an awesome guy. Not a huge fan. He's a good meeting facilitator. That's a good quality. Fan of this guy in general and other decisions he made for the university. But it was clear this dude had been in a lot of meetings. He was a you know very wealthy guy. Came from the oil industry. He knew how to make a meeting happen. And that really struck me. I'd never seen anyone just take the reins of a meeting and, and calm it down and get it, get it sorted out. So that that stuck with me 20 years later. Yeah. So what, what other things are important to you when scheduling meeting or organizing a meeting? So scheduling, having everybody on a meeting or calendaring system really makes everybody's life easier. And I feel like we've got, we've been able to get a handle on our meetings a little bit more effectively because we have all committed to using Google Calendar. There are other calendaring and meeting systems. They work just as well, but we picked one so we could all be on it. And Mm -hmm. What that has enabled us to do is not only very easily see each other's schedules, but we can make group group calendars. We can very easily set up agendas and share meeting notes and have um, actions identified in the meeting so people know when tasks have been assigned to them. Mm-hmm. People know what they're responsible for when they leave the meeting. They can go back. There's a historical record of what was talked about so right. we can go back and see um, if we weren't there for a meeting, what's happened. That's been a huge help with meetings. I mean, we still struggle with information and wrangling and having lots of meetings, but those things make them more productive and having people, we happen to have a great team and there are people who are really good about taking notes, but identifying somebody to be the scribe or the person that takes the notes, I think is really important too. Then it's just, it's not just a group of people going, oh, I thought you were taking notes. No, you were taking notes. <laughs> so that's important. And I think too, if you're a group that does well with meetings that have agendas, I like the idea, and this comes from course design. I like the idea of framing the agenda as questions, points in the agenda as questions, because then Mm -hmm. you're inviting input Mm -hmm. and you're getting people to think a little bit more deeply about what is being discussed. So being a little bit more, I don't want to, well, kind of creative with the agenda, but just using the agenda as a tool for facilitation mm-hmm. can can make the meeting a much more productive too. Yeah. 
And I like your point that people know what the meeting is for, getting that agenda out beforehand. Mm -hmm. So even before the meeting has begun, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do to set up, set it up for success or not. You know, is there information I need to have before the meeting? Is there something you need for me that I should bring before I get to the meeting? Or something to read. Or something I should read. Yeah, exactly. I am guilty sometimes of not reading the thing. That's included in the meeting notes, yeah, well, even if it's you know, been passed out. And then that's on you. I mean, you know, that's that's not on the facilitator but if they it, gave you plenty of time. True. Or another approach to that might be to plan some reading time in the beginning of the meeting. You know, if you're not reading a novel. Right. You know, if you're just like reading a report, some something really quickly. Yeah. Give people 10 minutes at the beginning of the meeting to look over the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still that's a good point. They won't have deep insight into what's going on, but at least they'll have something, a place to step off from. Mm-hmm. Meetings where everyone has to stop and watch the same video. Oh, I hate that. It's so dumb. <laughs> Send it to us beforehand. Thank you. And everyone can look at it on their own time, and we don't have to take up meeting time to do this. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, it's time that you have to take before, and so what does it really matter? But it it just seems like you could be – the point of the meeting is to exchange ideas, not to all sit and watch a video. So this is a really valuable time that I want I – if I get an hour, I want to spend every minute of that hour exchanging ideas – not sitting around watching a video. <laughs> so send that out beforehand, have people. Plus, mm-hmm. whenever you try and do it on Zoom, it gets screwed up. The audio doesn't work or there's an echo. And so it's just another technical factor. Send it out. So you need to watch this beforehand. If people don't watch it beforehand, then <laughs> can you can you fire them or <laughs> I don't know. You know, like well, calm down, Rob. that's on them. <laughs> but don't punish the people who will do their homework. <laughs> You know, for right. by making everyone sit through and watch this video. Another thing that to me is important before the meeting even starts is making sure that everyone who's needs to be there is there, mm-hmm. and people who don't need to be there aren't there. <laughs> that seems like a simple thing. Don't invite me to a meeting just because you think there's a maybe there's a tiny little bit that's relevant to me. But I can't tell you how many meetings I sit through where like my part is over, and then I'm just sitting around listening to other people talk. And has nothing to do with me. Now, that is not an efficient way. Either tell me to is that a that meeting I can or leave. a Christmas special. <laughs> the Christmas special is really on my mind right now. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> the Dark Winter Nights is coming out with a Christmas special, and I cannot stop editing this thing. Oh wow! I literally spent all day Sunday. All I want to do is edit at wow. any given time. I just cannot. I've never. I don't know if I've had this in a long time. I'm obsessed, absolutely obsessed with editing this. <laughs> well, now thing. I kind of want to see it. It is worth watching, and it is really close <laughs> to being done. So, does every person need to be there? Um, otherwise, tell them they don't have to come to the meeting if they don't want to. And if you have a meeting and there's a major stakeholder who's not there, or a major a person with a lot of critical information who's not there, then this is this meeting is DOA. Yeah, reschedule. <laughs> reschedule. You know. Put some time. I mean, I've had meetings like that too, where you're like, "Well, this is really interesting what we're talking about, but to get historical context, we really need to have this other person at this meeting." So, because that would help us understand all the stuff that we're like guessing or is hearsay, you know. The other thing to think about, and this was 
one of my biggest takeaways from a, um, it was sort of a, what do you call it? Diversity training meeting that I went to. Hmm. And it, the, the thing that I, I took away, the main point I took away from that is ask yourself who isn't at this meeting. Yeah. Who That's maybe should one. be, you know, and, and from that, uh, meeting point of view, it was, you know, are there minority groups that aren't represented here? Are there any sort of demographics that should be here that aren't here? You know, um, so that's, that's, I think, a, a key thing. So not only in terms of diversity, so that whatever you're working on is, is representing the actual community that might be affected by this, but in terms of expertise or, or stakeholders mm -hmm. who isn't here, who should be here, we're making decisions about. Right. We've already talked about it, but avoid, avoid long introductions where everyone talks about their dogs. That's such an Alaskan thing. Yeah. I people, mean, if you're meeting for a week and you have a cohort of people that are meeting for eight hours every day of the week, having mm -hmm. a, a brief introduction is helpful. A brief introduction know, is fine. They need to know who everybody is, but you're right. If you're just having a meeting mm -hmm. and it's one day, and it's not even the whole day. Why? Why have so many introductions? And even Say your then, name. They go off the rails. So I'm not saying it's not important to know who you're working with, but that's another part that can be done beforehand. Send an email out. Here's a description of everyone who's going to be at the meeting and who they are. And read it beforehand. Because that is one of the most derailing meeting elements I think I've ever seen. I think you're the, getting to a, a larger issue, and that is if you are the person running a meeting, if you're the host of the meeting, treat mm -hmm. it like being a host or hostess. Mm -hmm. You are the person that is coordinating the meeting, and it's your responsibility to make people feel welcome, mm -hmm. let them know what's going on. And there is also a social aspect to the meeting that may be less tangible or more tangible in that case. Like sometimes you need to have a meeting and you're trying to influence individuals or a group of people. And I hate to be cliche, but sometimes bringing donuts or just like a snack, it goes yeah. a long way to make people feel welcome mm -hmm. into yeah. the space and just let them know that you're inviting them in and you want their input and just treating the experience as like a host or hostess experience where you have guests coming. Yeah. Which seems like a lot for a meeting usually, but <laughs> that's something to keep in mind if you're really trying to accomplish something. And you respect their time. Yes. You understand that that's this important. is a choice that we all have limited time and you respect the fact that they're taking their time to do this. So treat, I mean, this is one of the things that they taught me in public speaking. If you give a a lousy five-minute speech to 20 people, you have wasted a collective 100 minutes of time. That collective time, thats it's so shocking to hear numbers from collective time. Yeah. You know what, though? Um, that respecting people's time and just acknowledging that the person has given something up, I do have a specific story. Okay. And it's, you know, way, way back in the day. I didn't even live in Alaska at this time. I would have people just call for meetings from other companies around town and they would come and pitch. Hmm. And there was one individual who came in and he brought with him a basket of cream filled muffins. <laughs> 
which was so wacky. (laughs) But I remember that to this day. And he went around the entire office. Like he walked down the hallway and just like popped his head in and was like, we have muffins. And everybody remembered that. (laughs) It's a little distracting. But in that case, like it was, you know, a small town, small office. That Mm -hmm. really went a long way. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little moment. Yeah, a little thing to say that you respect these people, you care for their time. Class is like dead. People don't have class anymore. <laughs> it's gone. No one will send like a thank you note. No one will like bring a little gift anymore. So if you have the slightest bit of class, you will stand out. <laughs> That's true. Because it's gone. Yeah. There's none. It, I'm it, so guilty of it. It like doing disappeared many with the top things, hat though. or something like that. I know, but you can you can still change. You can work at it. I like your you're talking about it's like a dinner party because in a dinner party, if one person is talking forever, the host will be like, oh, that's nice. And try and involve people who aren't talking. Ask them questions. That's try good. and get them engaged. Yeah. You do the same thing in a meeting. If somebody's not talking, you know, call, call them out on by them. name. And don't do it in a sort of like, you know, confrontational, like we haven't heard from you. Don't point that out. We have We have introverts. We have people who are more thinkers than talkers yeah be like rob i heard you like cream filled muffins don't embarrass them (laughs) right what are your thoughts on this but just politely say you know you know kristen i mentioned do you have any thoughts on this what do you think about that and people generally love questions like that and if if and and you could say like if you don't have any thoughts that's fine i'm just curious like i'm interested in what you had to think you know man that's a powerful thing to say to someone like, oh, I better start paying like, attention well, to this meeting. Not, not just that, but it makes you feel so <laughs> empowered and important yep. and recognized. So I like that analogy. That's kind of like a, a dinner party in some ways. Um, have the courage to shove the car out of the mud. Whether or not I'm in control of the meeting, if I get the sense that we are spinning our wheels and not getting anywhere... I will jump in because my time is short. And You're I will a backseat say, driver in the meeting. Well, if the if the person organizing <laughs> it won't do it, and I feel confident, I've had to do. I've done this before. You've just shared I some didn't, stories. I didn't yeah. organize the meeting. I don't know what the meeting's goals are. I can tell we're off the rails. I will interrupt and I'll say, you know, look, I feel like maybe we got a little sideline here. Can we jump back to like the thirty thousand foot view? Like, what what are we trying to achieve? And they'll say, oh, I don't know. There's no agenda for this. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to start grading now. Since <laughs> We're doing other things I'm going to turn off my video and do dishes while you all just continue oh. to spin your wheels. Oh, gosh. But it takes courage to do that. And I think that's the problem. Not a lot of people have interrupting is extremely socially awkward. Mm-hmm. And it takes a great deal of competence to be able to do that. And not everybody has that. I understand that. But... Just so you know, if you're the meaning leader, that's what you need to do. If you're not doing it, just know you're not doing your job. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> that you don't have the confidence to do it, but you but you are not doing your job. Just just so you know. Um, yeah. Uh, Where are we on this agenda? Well, <laughs> I'm at the point. I I have some t- specific tips for Zoom meetings, but. Before we get into that, I I want to get back to kind of the ending of the meeting and what, what you're saying about somebody's taking notes and there's action items. Mm-hmm. It took me quite a, I don't know how long, how many meetings there were 
especially with dark winter nights before I realized like we'd have these meetings. We talk about things we want to do. Nothing would happen. We'd all leave. We'd come back in two weeks and be like, what were we supposed to do? Who was going to do what? Nothing happened. Yeah. No progress was made. So I started as the meetings happening, I'm writing an email to everyone with bullet points of what we discussed people who aren't at the meeting too. So they have those notes as well. I, Mm -hmm. I, make the subject line the same every time so I can go back and find it. Like, oh, what did we talk about last week? I know how to search my email for that exact meeting. And it starts off the email with when the next meeting is. So no one could be like, what's our next meeting? No, it was in the email that I sent I the last meeting. I didn't read down far enough. Exactly. <laughs> To-do items are then next for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then what we discussed, notes from what we discussed. And right. so when the meeting is over, I just hit send and we're done. Yep. It's already in the email. Everyone's got a copy. There's no like, oh, I'll summarize these and send it out. It's done. Because that never happens. I always forget. (laughs) So having that actionable items and accountability so that when you get to the next meeting, you'll be like, oh, hey, Rob, you said you're going to work on this. Oh, right. Or the panic that happens the hour before the meeting. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, crap. (laughs) Then you quick do it. When you get a text and somebody's like, weren't we supposed to meet at two, not one? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that too. So, which is why when scheduling a meeting, I always say day, date. Yeah. Would you like to meet on Friday the 19th? So if I screw up one or the other, they know if I say Friday the 19th and That's it's smart. actually the, the 18th, people yeah. are like, uh, don't say I'm meeting on the 19th or whatever. Like... That stuff happens too. That's a pain. It is. Yeah. So those are the main takeaways. Is there anything else that you've seen in well run or, or, or things you wish people knew about having meetings? Yeah, but I want it to be my thing that blew me away. Okay. That's fine. I will say another thing I wish I have, I'm part of an organization that has relentlessly bad meetings but they're zoom (laughs) you're outing yourself so i i'm not in charge of these meetings but i am involved in this organization and one of the things that made it was super awkward was it's a primarily male and largely like older male group and there was one like woman you know I, i i'm not gonna I've occasionally been judgments. in meetings like this. But like the one woman who's like <laughs> middle-aged and, you know, attractive. And so the guys who are all hopeless nerds are awkwardly flirting with her. What? Not like super seriously, but sort of like paying weird compliments to her. No. And stuff. And it's, it didn't, it felt like it was just teetering on the line of where I should be like, dude, shut up. Let's have this meeting. Leave her alone. You know, <laughs> but they were, they weren't, you know, they were just saying nice things to her. It wasn't, I, I didn't feel like it was necessarily making her uncomfortable, but it was. But I'm sure if it was, she could bat those back. Yeah. <laughs> So it was, but it was right on the line where I was like, should I say something? Cause these guys are wasting time and being dumb. Yeah. The wasting time thing is not I don't, super cool. I mean, it's zoom. None of them ever like see each other. I didn't feel like she was being harassed. I just felt like they were being idiots. Let's like keep it together. So anyway, um, so a lot of people see meetings 
as a social time. Well, sometimes they are, particularly these days. And sometimes they are, and sometimes they are not. The Dark Winter Nights meetings, I don't worry a whole lot about being super productive because we, we are just we're a group of friends now. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a bit of a social time for us. But I still want to get stuff done. But but I allow a certain amount of like making jokes and stuff because they're volunteers. I'm not paying them anything. I thought I better at least entertain them. Yes. <laughs> so we try and have fun in these meetings and make sure everyone has a good time. Mm-hmm. And we're building connections. But when I have a faculty meeting, screw all that. I am not there to chat with people. <laughs> you know, I'm there to get this thing done and move on. And if you want to chat, like, fine, we can go have a beer sometime or whatever. But this meeting is to accomplish something and get on with life. <laughs> Rob's not here to be your friend. We just I'm, I'm here, not to here to do to make business. <laughs> but yes, so, and that's part of, I think, the organizers. Just It's a hard thing to do. It is hard leading a group of people, really hard. And I always thought like, oh, like, oh I, I'm so good at this. Dark Winter Nights has taught me I don't know what the heck I'm doing sometimes. <laughs> and we'll get into situations where I'm just like, I don't know what to do in the situation. I'm lost. I'm scared. <laughs> leading is hard. Send up a flare. <laughs> and you can think like, leading's not hard. I'm a genius. Okay. Trust me. It's hard. Yep. Even when you feel like, even when you're consciously trying to be a good leader, it's really hard to do. I'm not a good leader. I like input from other people. Well, and a leader should. And I think one of the main misconceptions, and maybe we can talk about leadership some other time, is that uh, a lot of leaders think I exist so everyone can serve me. My yeah. job is to be the boss. A good leader understands that their job is to be the servant. And protect. So they are. their job is to give the people they are leading whatever they reasonably can so that they can be successful. If, you know, it's not that they all work for you and serve you. It's what can the leader do to get the most out of this group of people, make sure they are happy, make sure they are doing what they need to do. And, and it nobody all starts understands with that. good meetings. And it all starts with good meetings. Thanks for bringing it back. <laughs> now, I want to talk about Zoom meetings because we have to do a lot of those these days, and they are a whole different can of worms than in-person meetings. A lot of what we talked about, great for in-person meetings. That's fine. But Zoom is a total curveball on that. Why are they different? Why are they different? Well, since you, I think, have a lot more than me, and you are more zoom efficient than I am. <laughs> what, what have you Zoomtastic? What things have you seen that you wish people better understood about Zoom meetings? We live in a really interesting place um, where bandwidth is a commodity and not right. everybody enjoys great bandwidth. Right. So asking people to join on Zoom and turn on their cameras sometimes is not a realistic expectation. Correct. So, because for the, I mean, I assume most people understand this, but the, you have, it, to ask your internet to send your video and your audio, video is tremendously more data intense than audio is. Tremendously. Bandwidth. No, I'm not. There's people out there who may not understand this. 
But they, they're listening to the podcast. I think they understand. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's bandwidth. Things, video takes a lot more than everything else. Right. So, okay, so, next point. Well, I'm just yeah, expecting everybody to have their camera on isn't, you know, they're not, it's not an affront to the people in the meeting. Just sometimes it's impractical and it gives a better experience when video's off. I feel like it's like kind of babysitting and demeaning your people too. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, some of us are doing stuff, but turn on your video so I know you're all paying attention. Or it'd be really important if you all turn on your video. So, no, no, that's dumb. Yeah. Like, there's a whole host of reasons why I may not want to have my video on. And not all of it is because I'm not paying attention. Right. I think another thing, as far as Zoom meetings are concerned, specifically where we are, because we have the capability to record our meetings, it's be cognizant of the fact that you're recording a meeting and do it judici <laughs> judiciously. So that recording takes up uh, space on the server and people pay for it mm. and if you don't need it at some point down the road delete it i mm. think that's just good housekeeping and that seems like a really small thing but when you're in a big organization little things like that can make a big difference mm -hmm. so it's nice if you have people that can't make the meeting and if you can send them a link sometimes it gets everybody on the same sheet of music it can be helpful but don't just leave it out there in the ether to just degrade and fall off <laughs> the metaverse into okay. nothingness. Wow, that's very data thoughtful of you. I think it's important. I mean, people complain about not, you know, you want to save money yeah, or you want to do things for the environment. And these seem like really small things, but uh, information isn't free to keep around forever. There's a server somewhere that's plugged in that's got fans running on it that's mm -hmm. being backed up. That's... Exactly. Yeah. Good point. So that, and I see you have a note here. So know how to mute everyone that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's important. Knowing how to mute is great. But I think that uh, in particular meetings, it's helpful to have everybody turn their mute off so that everybody's audio channel is on. Because mm. having that mute button on just creates that extra action that can stop somebody from making a contribution. So I would agree, depending on the scale. Right. Uh, there's a scale issue and there's a context issue. Mm -hmm. So there are times when this is more appropriate than it's not. Um, but I think that it can be a strategy where if you need input from people and you may have individuals who are less inclined to interject, just ask that everybody put their microphones on and have an act, whatever your activity is, see how it comes out. I brought up the <laughs> muting thing because I was in a big meeting last week with, uh, I would ballpark 30, 35, maybe 40 people there. I didn't, I didn't really look. Tons of faculty, higher ups in the administration, important <laughs> meeting that needed to go well. And before the meeting even started, I guess this should have gone in the bad category, but it was a Zoom. Before the meeting even started, some people were chatting beforehand and a couple of guys are talking and one dude drops an F-bomb before, like, before the meeting starts. And then quite rapidly after that, the conversation stops. <laughs> and the dude like disappears or is muted or something like that. And I'm like, this is going to be good. Part of why I wanted to go to this meeting because I was... Wondering if it was going to be a total disaster. 
And that was very appealing to me. I had like nothing to say in this meeting. It was just a come and listen to a presenter. You went meeting. to be entertained. I went to be entertained. That was the main <laughs> reason I went to see how badly this went. And as the presenter is trying to present, you can hear people talking in the background. You can hear someone talking to their dog and their dog's footsteps. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is a different context. This context requires people to listen. This is one person talks and everybody listens. Yeah. So yeah, you, depending on the type of Zoom you're having, if it's a presentation Zoom, you, everyone should be muted and you should know how to mute everyone. Now, afterward, I found out there were some issues with the person who organized it. Somehow Zoom didn't consider them the organizer. And so they, <laughs> ha they had no control. Yeah. So at some point, somebody, you know, sent a message to the group. Um, I'm, I'm taking over this meeting so I can mute people. Yes. <laughs> so someone else just was able on their own to take control of it and get the admin powers and mute it because it was embarrassing and ridiculous and not just for the organizer for the person presenting right. who was on you know under the microscope now they were not the 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 top person you know like their boss was watching how they performed too mm -hmm. but um embarrassing for whoever that person was who's talking to their dog and doesn't know they're on mute yeah that that's unfortunate mm -hmm. so that's one of the things so what that comes down to is unfortunately i know it's not fun but you have got to practice with zoom you have to practice with and, zoom and if you're facilitating a zoom meeting in the beginning it's good to re just remind people mm -hmm. the expectations for this if it's a presentation ask people to put their their microphones on mute which they did and people still don't know how Ugh. So that's the problem you can't you can't be guaranteed that the people attending will know how Zoom works. So just know that. And if you are not good with technology, have somebody there with you who is. I've seen that a few different times, and that will kind of save things when things go badly. But that person needs to, like, literally be sitting next to the main organizer of the meeting. Yes. And you all, I've, I've heard about that with eCampus people sometimes will be at meetings. We do show up occasionally at meetings just to, to be the support in case something goes wrong. Right, exactly. Because not everybody feels confident. So if there's, especially during COVID and even before when Zoom and the other video conferencing services were new, mm -hmm. we'd sit in with instructors like first few times just so they got a hang of how to mediate. Yep conversation even because it can be a challenge when you're especially in a teaching situation when you're trying to not just deliver a class but get people to talk and field questions that are coming in off of chat doing all of that for the first time just takes a lot of mental bandwidth and it mm -hmm. can be a challenge especially if you have a lot of questions coming into chat this is one area where i will cast no stones because i've taught classes over Zoom and tried to play audio and it was too quiet. People couldn't hear it. Um, sharing your screen, playing videos for people sometimes when it is important and, and you know, it doesn't go well for bandwidth reasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just plan on there being problems and have someone, if you can't do it, have someone who will help you out or have a plan B if this video that you intended to show doesn't work. May, it should also be in their email. It should also be in the Google Doc. Like, hey, I'm sorry that didn't work, but I already sent it to you. So everyone just watch it on your own. We'll come back in two minutes. Right. So expect the worst. 
<laughs> when you're on Zoom. The other thing that I see people do, and I kind of learned this, my lesson on this too, is Zoom is extremely awkward for getting audience participation or 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 random team participation. So if you've got a group of, I don't know, more than four or five people, don't just throw a question out to the group, but call on someone or say, raise your hand if you have a question or, you know, so what happened is be like, so, you know, we've got this idea. What do you all think? And you got a group of 20 people and three people all chime in at the same time. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. Or no one wants to chime in because they're afraid of cutting somebody else off. Mm -hmm. And then they all come in at the same time after an awkward pause. So you can't, you can't throw out questions like that to a group on Zoom the way you can in person. In person, people can raise their hand or it's really easy. It's still awkward once in a while when there's a room of 30 people and two people talk at the same time, whatever. But in Zoom, it's a mess. So have people raise their hand, have people ask questions in the chat room if they need to, or um, call on someone specifically. But that does not translate well. The blanket question to the group does not translate well to Zoom. Um, other than that, I mean, we're not going to get into the technical video and aesthetic audio and aesthetic elements of how to Zoom, but please think about where your face is on the screen. <laughs> um, think about the lighting. Think about your sound. You need to be in a quiet place and that's there's a whole we could spend a whole hour just on how to this is coming from the documentary yeah exactly concerned with filmmaking i get very obsessed with are your eyes on the one third are you horribly backlit are you lit from below does your sound sound terrible so i have something along those lines that i think is relevant that's important to consider when you're planning uh, meeting online because what you're essentially asking people to do is to pay attention to a session that has a visual and an auditory component. Mm -hmm. And so where people might struggle seeing a screen or they might struggle with hearing things very well, try to choose a system that has captioning and mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. support their needs too. And when you're setting out meeting notes, be sure to highlight that information for individuals as well. Mm -hmm. So if there are um, a, a alternative ways for people to view the meeting or join the meeting. Uh, that's great. Yeah. And that brings up a good point. Something that I learned fairly early in my video production career was people always come to us. We want to make a video about this. We want to make a video about that. And I remember... I don't remember if it was my boss or hearing somebody say, why does this need to be a video and not audio or a book? What is the visual element to this that's so important that it has to be a video? Does this meeting need to be a video meeting? Now, sometimes that makes sense. We all know about nonverbal communication and how much of that is, how much of what we communicate is nonverbal, blah, 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 whatever. I get it. <laughs> But sometimes it's just not necessary. You can do this over a conference call, and that can be so much easier for people. You're not going to have bandwidth issues. You're not going to have a whole, you know, a lot of stuff goes away. And that's how I started doing Dark Winter Nights meetings, too. It's like not everybody had Zoom or had the technology. So I would just call people, or they would call me. I would add them in 
to the conversation super quick and easy. You had a party line? I got a party line. (laughs) And we would all just talk. And again, this is a meeting of about, what are we, five people? Not a big deal. You know, a conference call with like 30 or 40, you know, there's definitely times where Zoom is better. And especially if you need to share something visual. But there's also times where a conference call is just as good. And if you need people to see something, send them to the document online, text it to them, whatever. You can still have visuals in a conference call. Just not everyone needs to be seeing the same thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. So any other things what nope. you seem concerned are you concerned about my cat eating or the it sounds fountain? weird <laughs> she's like crunching behind me yeah it's kind of like she's eating some a tiny skull <laughs> she wishes <laughs> <laughs> it's just kibble all right well i i, I at, at so to summarize what we talked about in today's meeting don't be dumb about meetings <laughs> and the main thing is don't let them get derailed recognize, have a clear mission, recognize when you're getting off that track and rein people back in and don't start off with freaking introductions when you got 20 people and it just ends up with an hour and a half of people talking about their dogs. Okay. For next time, (laughs) for our next meeting, it's going to be your topic. So think about what you want to talk about. I'll be thinking about it. Right now though, we're done with that meeting. We're going to talk about what blew us away in the last week. (laughs) social loafing social loafing blew you away (laughs) i love that that is my new favorite word well i was i was makes me hungry for bread or meatloaf we were looking through meeting information (laughs) (laughs) somebody brought up i was listening to a podcast and somebody brought up social loafing and like in the back of my mind i recognized what it was but i hadn't explicitly identified it and i realized that i'm guilty of doing it (laughs) (laughs) that's so wonderful please i cannot wait any longer tell me what social loving is so it's a phenomenon that happens when people are in a group Mm -hmm. they tend to not participate as much if they feel like they're being judged or graded on that group level oh yeah they tend to just kind of fade into the background and let the group do the heavy lifting Mm. and i do that but i don't do it uh consciously because i am i don't want to do the work i do it because of deference to for instance teammates oh and so you know once we started getting a lot of people on our team at work it's like people had ideas and they wanted to participate and they wanted to contribute and so i just kind of like stepped back a little bit and stopped volunteering or interjecting mm-hmm. but it started to feel a little bit like social loafing <laughs> Like awesome. there's a fine line between letting people be excited about things and then <laughs> so just not participating. So mm-hmm. I think I need to be a little bit more cognizant of when I'm doing it for the right reasons and when I might be doing it for the wrong reasons. Awesome. Social <laughs> loafing. I can't wait for that to be in the dictionary. All right. So the thing that blew me away this week is a video I found on YouTube of... I could not believe this was real. Right. As I'm watching it, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a total fake video of people, I believe this is in Turkey, who walk on all fours. What? Yeah. And it's real. What? It's real. Why? Um, so, so many questions. I know. I will send you the video, of course. So I forget what it was. It was something legit like... 
I don't think it was National Geographic, but it was some news agency. I don't think it was BBC. Forgive me for not having the details, but trust me, you're going to want to watch the video. And it was this family in Turkey, this like kind of poor farming family. And they had like, I forget how many it was, like eight kids or something like that. And the parents were a little like too close. They were like first cousins. They were a little too close in terms of being related to each other. And so a number of the kids had some developmental problems, missing part of their brain, which affected some of their balance. And so two of the kids just walked on all fours everywhere they went. Huh. And one of them like could kind of balance, but it was a little, little rough, but could at least walk upright. And so it had all these created all these questions for like, are, are they some sort of like representation of a middle progress between, you know, people, humans walking um, sort of on their knuckles and walking upright. And so this, the situation was in a normal situation, this would all, you know, they would go to the doctor and, and everything. This would all be sort of, and so they had like speech problems too. Okay. So this wasn't, it wasn't just that they had balance problems. They had a number of cognitive issues that came along with this. And it was like really sad. Like the kids would, I mean, these are like middle-aged people by now. The kids in the village would mock them. You know, they had social interaction problems with this because, you know, they, yeah, this didn't go where I thought it was going. I thought you were going to say that like this was a cultural thing, like a town in some no. some place in the world where everybody was doing this. Okay, no, basically poor people in Turkey who had these developmental issues, and because they're poor and you know for a variety of reasons, it just never got corrected, mm. and so they spent whatever at least thirty years of their life walking around on all fours. Wow. And it was interesting to see how they would carry things. Like you can see the one guy would like fold his something into his shirt so that he could, because that's one of the things you can't do if you're walking on all fours is bring anything with you. So it was interesting to see how he came up with a way to carry things. Right. And then a little bit of a spoiler, What? but what they, um, what they did, because there were some, I don't know, researchers from England who, who had discovered this group and was studying them. They put just a couple of like uh, handrails out in the yard for them to play with and kind of get used to it. And in a very short amount of time, once they got sort of encouraged and were allowed to practice walking on two feet, they started to do it. And this one guy who had a lot of anger issues, as you can imagine, that came along with this, started somewhat, you know, unsteadily, but when they came back, he was walking on two feet Good. and um, just by being encouraged to do so with these with these bars. So I still can't believe this, hmm. but it's all there in the video and it, it's 100% legitimate source, fascinating and really, really interesting to see how these people did it. You know, like when they're walking on hard surfaces, they would just use their palms and when they're on soft surfaces, they'd put their fingers down too. Hmm. And yeah, just how they got around. 
When you introduced your thing and were just suggesting that it was a video, I thought for sure it was going to be your John Cleese meeting video. Yeah. Which was also really interesting. <laughs> yes. In advance of today's meeting about meetings, I, well, YouTube suggested, I must have been Googling it, I don't know, or, or it's been <laughs> listening in again. Did you know YouTube is a Google property? <laughs> <sighs> Well, I don't know. Amazon is what I have for my smart house, so I don't know. But I must have Googled meeting at some point. Anyway, <laughs> the creepy world of the internet suggested a John Cleese video on how to have a meeting. And I thought, it was good. this must be a joke. Nope. <laughs> it was 100% serious. It was. it was like an informative video that he had made with all these different characters. It was from like the 70s or something. It was, yeah. 80s. It's been a video for a long time. Mm -hmm. However... Uh, it was great and yeah. it was concise and he w did a great job. Yeah. I was waiting for the punchline. I know. But really didn't need one. It was just 100% straight up how to have a good meeting. So we'll throw that up on that as well. And I really, really super bad. If anyone is still listening to this podcast, please share with us your, your horror stories of About having meetings, meetings. <laughs> and things you've learned. Because if you, if there are things that you have learned from having meetings things that you've seen done well that would be helpful you know tips please let us know i'm still trapped in this one group that always uh, wraps me into a meeting that i do not need to be at i'm so sorry you don't deserve that and it tries it's like the one the only problem is like once every six months but i hate it every single time <laughs> and then it ends up not being that bad because there's some nice people in the meeting but I do not need to be there, and these meetings don't need to continue. Mm. But I don't know how to get out of it. Mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll tolerate one. <laughs> All right, Kristen. Well, do you have any ideas what you want to talk about in the next topic? I should have thought about that before we That's started. That's why I warned you at the beginning. I was thinking about our conversation. Okay. Is it going to be a surprise? Or it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> should I hit pause and give you time to think? No, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> okay. The topic for our next podcast it's going to be a surprise Yay! i can't wait thank you so much Kristen. thank you rob thanks for listening to the in stuff podcast if you'd like to join the discussion or see links to the things we referenced in today's episode feel free to pop on over to instuffpodcast.com that's the letter n stuffpodcast.com if you're enjoying the InStuff podcast, check out my other podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. In each episode, we share amazing true stories from Alaska told by the Alaskans who experienced them. The New York Times recently called Dark Winter Nights the best winter podcast for storytelling lovers. Check out Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, wherever you get your podcasts or at darkwinternights.com. The InStuff podcast is brought to you by ScratchBand, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now, ScratchBand's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick and join the evolution. ScratchBand. More information at scratchband.life.